Hey, everybody, it's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey, everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 382. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ron Mess. I'm Ari Rockefeller. I am Makachan. And I'm Ichigo Gami. And holy Christ, where did the year go? Yeah, I know. I can't believe it's November already. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's post-daylight savings time already. It always has me shook when we, we gain that hour. Because, like, we're more well-rested, but it also fucks with my mind. Oh, yeah. Fucks with mine, too. Yeah, considering it gets dark at 4.30. Yeah, that's something I'm not looking forward to. Also, that's annoying. And also the fact that as soon as November 1st hits, all of the Christmas commercials start. I'm just like, could you at least give me... Five minutes to breathe, have a sip of water, five minutes. I'm already tired of that goddamn Sprite commercial. Maybe because of the fact that they have LeBron James in, I can't stand that motherfucker either. I, I said this on a Cracker Barrel's uh, Facebook page at one point, but like you know, a couple months ago in there, I went in there you know, to eat. Yeah. I was just staring at their Christmas display aghast. And the one woman walks up and goes, you excited for the for Christmas this coming year? And my head just like snaps over to look at the girl and I just shout out, it's August. You know something? I don't blame you for snapping like, I, I really don't. I, I, I would not have blamed you. But then again, if you go into Kmart in September, they already had the six foot Christmas trees up for sale. Well, hey, I there's mean, Kmart still around. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say. Well, I mean, they do call it Christmas in July for a reason because they start advertising for Christmas in July. I, I mean, look, there are two Kmart's in New York City, which will probably soon turn down to zero because they opened up a Target, a block and a half from one of the flagship Kmart stores. Okay. Savage. Oh Good boy. move, Target. <laughs> no, what's savage is the fact that this Target is smaller than the Kmart. And I still see more people coming in at a Target. You know what? They're probably sharking. Like, they're probably, like, moved into the small space because they know, know, they know and this is really dark to go, but, like, as soon as that Kmart goes under, they're going to be like, swipe. We will see. I mean... Wasn't I in one of the... Uh like big targets or Kmart's in New York city at one point. I think I was like shopping around with you for something. Probably. It probably was a Kmart. If it was near a uh, Penn station and yeah, that was that one. That's one of their flagship locations because the I remember was, it had an escalator in it, which, you know, kind of like fucked me for a little bit. Yeah, that was Kmart. And what's interesting is that both Kmart locations in Manhattan do not participate in any of the sales. So if you show up with a flyer, they're just going to tell you to go away. Ain't that a bitch. But anywho, we are live tonight, week of November 6, 2018, here on the VOG Network. We're here live Tuesdays at 9, 30 p.m. Eastern, where replays Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Uh, chat clients such as Merck at chat. Chatzilla can use irc.gamesearch.net. The chat room is VOG, V-O-G. 
You can also head on over to webchat.gamesurge.net and join us in chatroom VOG. You can also head over to animejamsession.com slash VOG network and you can click on that IRC link th there if you have uh, Chatzilla. Just say yes and it'll bring you right in. And don't forget, we're also on Discord. So you can find us at vognetwork.com slash Discord. Each of the live shows has a chat room, a channel. Come through, have a good time. It, it, it's it's cool, chill, fun stuffs. And our most recent article in uh, in the chat room is on tonight's show roll. So that's even better. Let's see, what else do we have here? Um, Check-ins are now live, so go ahead and earn your VOG points. If you are listening on the podcast feed, and you will hear a passphrase somewhere in this episode. When you hear it, head over to uh, vognetwork.com, punch it in that little uh, box there, and earn your VOG points. Easy, simple, fun, good stuffs. All right. So we're going to round the room with how was your week? How was your day? Let me turn on the volume so I don't blow anybody's ears. Ari, welcome back. Hello. <coughs> uh, so, yeah, I've been a sick lately we can um tell. okay i wasn't sure if the music was playing or not um anyway like last monday like this is like 3 30 in the morning i just suddenly wake up and i'm like coughing a whole lot and it feels like the fucking bombs are going off of my chest yikes <laughs> so i just you know you know mostly ignore it the best i can you know push through work mm -hmm. i figured you know after, after work i'll just you know run over out to like CBS and get like some cold and flu stuff. Right. Tuesday, I'm just, okay, I'm like, okay, it's not getting better. So after work, I'll just go over to a CBS and like go to their minute clinic and get a flu shot and sidebar, ask like, have them check out the cough and whatnot to uh, see what's go going wrong with me. <coughs> now, first thing they did while I was there was they tested me for the flu which one of the tests is, and this is fucking disgusting. They take this long, like little strand of like test, like wax paper or something. Basically, imagine if they shoved like an uncooked strand of spaghetti up your nose, one nostril and then the other. That's that what sounds, that was. That sounds like one of those America's Funniest Home Videos of those like kids that are eating spaghetti and then they sneeze. Oh no! The, the like, like the woman like hilted it on the second nostril, second nostril, and they just had fucking tears like pouring out both eyes. Oh, not crying or anything, just like the reaction. Yeah, I said, "Sorry, we can't give you the flu shot, and you've got the flu." Fuck. So you know, next next day after work, I decide I'm gonna go to the nearest uh, urgent care clinic. Right. And they tested me there. Guess what? I've got pneumonia. You can't really see it, but I'm giving like a cheesy fake grin and two thumbs up. Mm -hmm. I, I know that. So on top of the medicine I got for the flu the day prior, I'm now taking this whole accoutrement of uh, antibiotics, one of which is a Z-Pack. I'm like, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And so... You know, I tell work about it, and, and uh, the minute clinic gave me a. Uh, they said, "Yeah, you'll, you'll be uh, g going back to work on Friday." So, Wednesday and Thursday, I spent the uh, two days, those two days off. You know, just holed up in my apartment, trying to concentrate on getting better, eating 
like eating cans of Campbell's soup and drinking Gatorade. Mm-hmm. And number one, I had no idea cans of chicken noodle soup were so fucking salty. Yeah. And number two, I don't understand how people can be like neats and like shut-ins and like enjoy like not having jobs or some shit like that, you know? Because even with like gaming and like writing, I was still like going fucking nuts in my, like, at home, walking around in my pajamas and a robe on. See, Ari, you gotta understand something. You cannot compare yourself to a neat because you were on PTO, paid time off. So you were just getting better. There's a difference where you just hold up in your apartment, just idling on social media, not doing much with your life, like half the people that mm-hmm. go to conventions. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of work, um, today one of the uh, one of the managers for, for uh, like this, this section of the road, New Jersey, they bought my uh, supervisor uniforms in. Like they finally came, like three weeks after I had been uh, shuffled off of training and back to the booths. Right. That's just like a slap in the face. Well, at least with the new uh, like the promotion pool, like you know, I was like, they said like, yeah, we have two openings, ones for like up north, the other one's like down south, so you have to fill out the paperwork and just wait for the openings to come up if and when they do. So, uh... So, yeah, I've got this stuff just uh, sitting in a bag somewhere. It'll be ready when it needs to be. So, yeah, that's how I've been, just trying to recover for the past week or so. And just a heads up, Ari, is if you have pneumonia, you can also catch walking pneumonia easier. So just keep that in mind whenever you're out at conventions and stuff so that you keep a little bit more healthy than you normally would or you wash your hands a little bit more. Because my friend who stayed with me at Dragon Con had pneumonia before and then ended up actually with walking pneumonia at Dragon Con. So just something to keep in mind. That's like worse than normal pneumonia, I guess. Because you don't you don't anticipate it. Like it doesn't come up like normal pneumonia does. It it almost just I guess kind of makes you feel fluish and stuff, and you you can't find out that it's walking pneumonia because you it's called walking pneumonia because you can kind of function, um, but it basically has to be diagnosed at a medical facility. Yeah, they want me to do a follow up with my uh, normal doctor at some point, so gonna be doing that as well good call that's a good call for sure i hope you feel better thanks mako-chan how was your week how was your day and welcome back uh yeah it's i i sorry i really wish i was still back out there it's (laughs) absolutely gorgeous out there no it really is i get it because it's jersey nobody wants to return back to jersey it's that boomerang effect the thing is, you know, being out there for as long as I was and seeing, you know, it's just, as I said, it's gorgeous out there. I think I would miss the ocean. So, yeah. But other than that, I was out there for a couple of days. I had a lot of fun. I got to, you know, sort of cosplay mm-hmm. with uh, Sayan Yatan, and that was fun. And we went boozing, and that was fun. (laughs) 
but yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's basically it. Uh, went out there, did some stuff, relaxed. Just having an actual vacation was amazing. And enjoyed the hell out of it. And then had to come back to reality. All good things come to an end. What can I say? Yeah, but I had so much fun. And just not having to, you know, no responsibilities was nice. <laughs> Isn't it always? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's about it. Other than that, uh, just trying to get ready and get things together for Thanksgiving. Um, had our Halloween party, and that was a hit. Awesome. As per usual. So yeah, noms. <laughs> it you go. How was your week? How was your day? Well, so glad you asked, Ranma. Um, <laughs> uh, it's getting colder, so uh, definitely working on staying warm. Definitely spend some time in line to vote today. Yay! And then also uh, get my eyeballs checked because I'm an old lady and I'm getting blinder. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my eyes are turning into more into their football shapes that they would like to assimilate to be, um, even though I'm not into sports. Um, and the two positives out of that, though, are I'm getting ready to work on paying off the last of my student loans and also paying off the rest of a machine that is going to be able to do some fancy ass embroidery uh, soon from a friend of mine. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, and then I also went to NecoCon, which I'll talk to you guys about in a little bit. But yeah, that's basically been my last few days. Um, yeah, in general, that's pretty much been what I've been up to. Um, that's pretty much for my weekend day, and I, I know you guys will find out more once I start talking about NecoCon. Well, you know. Yeah, no. Alright. My weekend day has been interesting, to say the least, but I, I would suppose so. Like, the fact that I have to look at my calendar and be like, oh, that's what I did, you know? So... Well, for, for starters, um, I, I may have mentioned this on the show sometime back that I signed up for one of those uh, monthly crates, subscription crates. And y'all know I'm, I have a thing for ramen and noodles and so forth. So I signed up for Japan Crate's Umai Crate back in August. So through everything, it finally showed up on Friday and I popped through it. I got some cool stuff here. I haven't eaten anything out of it yet. So I'm just kind of like waiting for like a good moment, maybe while I'm gaming later or I'm marathoning some anime, I'll probably crack open one of the ramen packages and try it out. And it, what, even though it's all in Japanese, it does come with a pamphlet that translates everything that shows you how to prepare all the, the different foods. And it comes with a recipe card, which is pretty cool. And I think one of them is something on Okonomiyaki. And I had shared this, and one of my friends was like, this Okonomi is the shit. So I'm like, okay. I don't know if I will make it, because I don't think I have the like the proper setup here, but who knows? Uh, let's see, what else is going on here? Um, since it's getting a little bit warmer, I'm pulling out like the heavier coats and shirts, so that's going good. Um, 
I went off to some friends to a an adult convention over the weekend called Exotica. Uh, one of my friends, who I do shoot with, um, she went, so we did some shots, and those, and she has them, and she's happy with that, and that's good. And I actually went out and picked up some stuff for my Xbox. I picked up World of Final Fantasy Maxima, which I will probably will crack into later tonight. And I finally went out and got a two terabyte hard drive for my Xbox. And I'm at Micro Center, like, should I get the laptop? Should I get the portable or the desktop one? Because I'm like, my system, my Xbox is not going anywhere. I have no reason to unpack it and take it wherever I go unless I am moving somewhere. So I just said, fuck it. Got the drive. The one I wanted wasn't was not was was sold out. And it's funny. The black one was three dollars cheaper than the white one, so I'm just like, fuck it. If I find it cheaper in the next two weeks, I'll price match it and call it a day. So you know. But other than that, um, my weekend day has been pretty good. I can't complain. All right, so we are gonna go ahead and take our first break, and when we get back, uh, Ichigo's gonna tell us about her adventures in. Uh, in one of the nicer parts of Virginia with NecoCon. And we got some, some news coming up, if time permitted. We'll get through those. All right, so shall we go ahead and take that first break? Yep. Okay. For sure. Awesome. So we'll be back.
you know what's interesting about that one particular song? I've had a remix cover of that song sitting on my computer for a while, and I've and I've carried it with me from time to time, and I never really knew the origin of it. So as I'm putting together the playlist, I'm just like, is that the ending thing to Clanad? Yeah, the thing is, I've never watched Clanad. I saw someone do an edit of it, edit with the Pikachu's, Pichu's, and Raichu in it. Mm. Fucking sad, man. Oof, maybe, maybe that's an anime I should avoid for right now. But I look at the title, I'm like, why does this sound familiar? And I'm playing it, I'm like, oh, it's the original. But a uh, couple of things I want to get out of the way real quick. Um, our transition to Twitch TV, it's happening sometime in January. So, um... I will try to get it prepped during our holiday break, and we'll see how it goes from there. Also, you know, if you haven't figured it out, if you're listening in the U.S., if you're out, if you're not from the U.S. and you're listening to the show tonight, whether it's live or on the feed, it's election day here. So, you know, every basically, it's rock the vote. I don't care. Well, I kind of care who you vote for, but just get out there and vote. That's it. That's what you gotta do. It's vote. Because I can tell you that. Regardless of who you vote for, somebody's going to be happy. Somebody's going to want to kick your ass. But if you don't vote, you got both sides wanting to kick your ass. And just remember, I look at it this way. If you don't vote and things don't happen the way you want, then you only have yourself to blame. Because you didn't do anything. Plain as day. I know that sounds kind of fucked up, but it is what it is. Um, also, we were talking before the show, you know, that we went out and we voted, and we got stickers and stuff. You know, it, it, it was kind of interesting. And this is a story I like to tell from time to time. I don't know if I talked about this on the show, but I know I have brought this up in, in conversations. Go back about 10 years when Obama's running and it's election day, and I, I, I go and vote. I get a phone call from someone I used to roll with reminding me to get up early as you can and vote. And he's telling me he's been up since 5 a.m. and he's been waiting like two, three hours to go through the polls and vote. And I'm like, that's nice. And he goes, did you vote? Yes, I did. I was in and out in 15 minutes. And he's like, how the hell were you able to vote in 15 minutes? And I said, dude, not to play that card, but I want you to think about something. Look where you live. Look where I live. You have to get up early to go vote. I can roll out of bed 15 minutes before going to work, vote and hop on the train and go to work. And I said, maybe you should have waited till you got out of work to go vote. Matter of fact, you don't even have a job. And hmm. you, you weren't even you you weren't you're not even a poll worker that year. You were better off just chilling at home till about an hour prior and then roll down. It's like when you pick up your badge for Otacon. I mean, yeah, you could get up at five o'clock in the morning and and wait on the line for three hours for pre on pre reg. You you could do that. You could. And and that's sweltering heat. Or if you know you pre-reg, you just roll down, 
Later in the evening, you wait about 20 minutes, you get your badge, and you go about your evening. You might be late meeting up with your peeps for food, but at least you ain't losing sleep over it. You know? Now, now that we got that out the way, Ichigo! Yeah? Tell us about NekoCon. Because I can tell you this now, looking at the date, and I can't believe it has been 10 years. I think it's been like 10 years since I have been to NekoCon. I know you were talking about that a little, a few shows ago, I guess. Um, yeah, NekoCon uh, had its 21st year this year, and definitely, like many conventions in the uh, like general area, in the 21st year, they kind of do that Casino Royale, uh, kind of like card games, casino games kind of thing, and that was their theme for the year. Um, and it was really cute, uh, and they had some different offerings as far as panels went, um, a lot of offerings for cosplay and things like that, and they also had the Wandering Maid Cafe troupe called Lovely Hearts, which mm. is local to the Virginia Beach area, performing their Maid Cafe for them, so that was kind of exciting, and I actually did get to go to that on Saturday afternoon. Um, I went down because... I primarily was focused on doing three panels and then I was also not staying on campus. Like I wasn't staying at the hotel for the mm -hmm. convention. So I'd actually gone down to kind of visit my friend, Christy may Everglow. If you guys want to um, add her on Instagram or something like that. Uh, she's pretty awesome. She does a lot of Twitch streaming and stuff, but I just went to go down and visit her cause she's an old college friend of mine and That's she great. has the sweetest Shiba Inu. His name is Bento. I call him Bento, Bo Bento box or lunchbox doge. And he is the most adorable thing ever. Um, so I just went down to visit them most for most of it. And you'll understand that as I go into my NecoCon weekend breakdown. So I got in on Thursday but I didn't actually go to pre-reg uh, to pick up my badge that night because I got in kind of late and just wanted to kind of hit the ground running the next morning because my friend Christy wasn't attending the convention. Um, she had work and they had already had a, a lot of big projects kind of ramping up. So I had little to no expectation that she was going to join me throughout the weekend. And it turned out she she really couldn't. Um, she was just too busy with work, so she had to be up the next morning for like 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the morning to be out of the house by that time. So I got into NekoCon the next morning at about 6.30. Wow. So I was the, yeah, it, I was I was that weird cosplayer doing their makeup in the uh, parking lot. Uh, but also, well, how, how, I guess. How, 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 how is that weird? That's so different from checking into the hotel and bringing your sewing machine with you, you know? I don't actually do that either. But yeah, no, I was in the parking lot and I actually got somebody actually honked at me because they decided they wanted to assert themselves by honking at me at like 630 in the morning in a parking lot. But yay. Um, yeah, so I was I was doing my makeup and actually um, disclosure. I actually didn't cosplay at all this NekoCon. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I know that's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I didn't have any plans to. Um, and because I was just there doing panels, I didn't want to have a lot of stuff on or armor or anything like that where I would have needed a handler because I didn't have one. Mm. Um, so yeah, on Friday I got in at about six 30. Uh, the convention itself didn't open up until nine o'clock, nine 15. Actually, they started a little bit later. Um, and so I got in and 
I was in line um, and everything, just kind of waiting. For those of you who follow me on social media, you probably noticed my posts that day. Um, and I, the only real experience I had while I was in line were like two, I guess. One, there was a guy, I guess he was just trying to show his friend what the line looked like, but I didn't really want to be in his video. So I asked him not to film me and he was very kind um, and apologized and uh, stated why he was trying to film us. It just, it threw me off because we weren't even inside the convention center yet, but I, I know we were in a crowd, but at the same time, it was just kind of like, yeah, I don't, I really, it's too early in the morning. I haven't had caffeine yet. I, I totally uh, but get, I totally get that. It's sort of like, like a pre-show warm-up type thing. I kind of thought about doing that, but not so early in the freaking morning, you know? Yeah, and I was just kind of like, please don't. Like, I don't, I really don't want to be on film right now. <laughs> it's too early in the morning, and my brain was just not there. And I, I did apologize to him if I seemed a little bit too, like, short, because it was so freaking early in the morning. But he was like, no, I totally get it. Like, I just want to show my friend, like, the line and how long it is or whatever. And he was a cool bro, so he was pretty cool and chill and everything. Yes. Um, and then the staffer that came out to try and organize the lines, uh, he was helpful. Sort of. And I say this with the kindest thing in my heart, because as a fellow convention staffer, I know how hard it can be to herd cats mm. and dogs and humans. <laughs> um, it can be a very, very hard job. I, I, and, and I'm kind of picturing like the whole line. And it's like a giant corral field, and you got the you got them coming up on the horses with the lassos and like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was kind of actually the line had gotten pretty long by the time the the doors were setting to open, um, and they did try to separate it so that the people who had gotten their badges the night before weren't ming intermingled or confused with the line that was waiting to get their badges. The only downside was he put us on the opposite sides of the like sidewalk, the entryway than we should have been. And so when we both entered, the lines kind of snaked in between each other because thankfully everyone knows how to merge. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, and, but yeah, so we kind of had to intermingle with each other to get to the places we needed to be. And, uh, then I was with industry panel ops programming vendors, blah, blah, blah. So that mm -hmm. ticketing line was in actually another completely different place. I mean, it was like just further up the, the computer line, but it was in a different area, um, which would have been nice to know. Uh, the signage, unfortunately, with NecoCon, they kind of have a general covering of their, um, like, their big spaces, but even some of those signs were wrong, mm -hmm. um, and the signage in general around the convention is, is almost sort of lacking, but I know a little bit of that is probably just because this, the convention center maybe isn't, uh, all about signage, and they also kind of have limited space when they get a lot of people walking in and out of the area because of the way the convention center is kind of built as this very narrow building. So they do have enough room for people to pass around, but if you wanted to have a lot of stuff on the sides, a lot of, um, signage and things of that nature i feel like it would cause more trouble like more bottlenecking and stuff mm -hmm. but i got my badge um unfortunately the computer wasn't set up so it took me a little bit longer so it was cool though i got to chat with the staffers and stuff so it was super fine um and then i went over and checked in with panel ops because you it's a two-pronged thing for NecoCon. you have to go get your badge and then check in um 
that's a little bit different from other conventions. So if you are going to try to be a, uh, apply to be a panelist at NecoCon, definitely check your emails and do all the stuff and follow the instructions because each con kind of does everything differently. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I checked in and then I chatted with some of the staffers. I know I was a little bit of a pain in the butt because I'm one of those panelists that if I'm 15 minutes late to my room, like 15 minutes before my panel is supposed to start, that's late. And a lot of that is just because my experiences, I am always the first panelist in the rooms that I'm usually in. One. And two, I am usually the panelist that has to deal with the hour of technical issues, if there are any. Thankfully for NECOCON, I didn't have many tech issues, so computer issues, projector issues, or anything like that, as I have had at conventions in the past. This year, it was more so um, miscommunications between staff that were running that department, and the fact, I think, that I was in their satellite space um, because they'd taken over some of the spaces in the embassy suites, which was, which was their like convention hotel. And that was where all my panels were for the weekend. And I feel like somewhere in there, especially for Friday, um, there was a miscommunication because I got in to do my panel. My panels were at, uh, one on Friday, 1130 on Saturday, and then 11 o'clock on Sunday, respectively. Um, so when I got in there on Friday, I was all ready to go, ready to set up and everything. Um, I tried the door and it seemed locked. And there weren't any staffers around except these two guys who were sitting at a table that kind of looked, kind of looked like a traveling info desk that some conventions have. But they were not. They were there as staff support. The fact so that you again, said, the fact that you signage. Said the fact you said traveling, I'm slowly thinking of of, of, of Plymouth Plant from MLP. <laughs> Could you like that it? or like King Arthur and and um, the coconuts? Um, yeah, no. So it was just kind of confusing because there wasn't any signage, um, or if there was signage, maybe I missed it. Um, yeah. So I had I asked them, and thankfully those two staffers were super helpful and did get in contact with the department head, I guess, who was running programming to make sure that everything was fine. Um, and so I showed up and I got in my room and I set up. And by the time I'd finished setting up, the staffer who was supposed to be in the room showed up, which I'm sure that he showed up on time for his shift and everything. But at the same time, I don't know, I guess it's because I'm so used to having staffers like over my shoulder about everything whenever I'm a panelist that like when there's no staff there I'm just like oh my gosh am I gonna break shit is things gonna explode I don't know so um it just gives me a little bit of anxiety but I got set up everything was cool and kosher and everything like that uh and I started doing my panel and I went through and it was actually I mean for Friday at 1 30 it was pretty well attended uh considering that's like before everybody gets off work and everybody gets out of school and stuff um, so I was actually pretty surprised because it was just my alternative fashion panels that I do. So I was just talking about like J fashion, Harajuku fashion, all that stuff. And, uh, unfortunately though, the negative of that was that the staffer had me for a different time slot. So inherently he cut me off, uh, a half an hour through my hour long panel. And for those of you who've been panelists before, um, and done it quite a few times or you you've done this for a few years you kind of time out yourself so you kind of know okay I have to do this within 45 minutes so I have 15 minutes to answer questions mm -hmm. and I'd done this panel quite a few times before um unfortunately because he cut me off way way early 
Um, it, 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 I mean, it threw me. I was able to fit, thankfully, my panel went a little faster. So I was able to fit most of my panel within that 30 minutes that he gave me. But I didn't have the time after to kind of decompress and, and let people kind of absorb the information and then ask questions. It was pretty much just rush, rush, rush. And so I went, I, I said to him, I said, uh, I'm supposed to be here till like 2.30. And he was like, oh, I only have you down until 2. Um, and even an attendee was like, yeah, no, on the schedule it says 2.30. And he was like, oh, my bad. Um, it's on my schedule. It says 2 p.m. So that was just like the biggest negative I had on Friday was the fact that like my panel was basically cut in half. Um, but on the schedules, like the electronic schedules, because they use Sketch, not Guidebook or anything. They use this thing called Sketch, oh, which yeah, is yeah, I, yeah. I, I like it. I, I actually like the interface of Sketch. Um, but unfortunately, I guess the staffer's personal schedule wasn't updated. I, I will um, say this about Sketch. More conventions are starting to use it because of one reason and one reason only. It's free. Yeah, I was going to say it's free or it's super cheap. It's free because uh, I know Guidebook, the first time you use it, it's free. Then After that, they charge this, this extraordinary amount. I mean, I like the fact with Sketch, I can import it into Outlook and I can look at everything. And so if I edit, if I log into Sketch and I make any edits through there, it's reflected in Outlook. So it makes it easy. I kind of wish there was an app, but you know what? It's better than nothing. Yeah, no, I wish sketch. there was an app for that, too, because none of their, quote-unquote, alarm systems work. I was going to say, Sketch does have an app, though. It does? Yeah, I have it. I had it on my phone the whole weekend. It's not as good as a wait, wait, guidebook. Sketch itself, or it's Nekocon's scheduling app that's powered by Sketch? No, no, Sketch has an app. If you look in the Google Play Store, at least for Android devices, don't know that, for Apple. I, I'll say this: that's that's brand spanking new because they this must be very recent because they never because they never said that they had one. Uh, I, I mean, I used it all weekend. Ooh, I can't remember if I had it for uh, ZenkaiCon or not. I feel like I might have. No, no, ZenkaiCon, it only had the access to their page for the schedule. It didn't actually have an app. That's why I was annoyed at ZenkaiCon. But not not ZenkaiCon, the, the, the convention, just at the event, I was annoyed because Sketch didn't have an app. So at NekoCon, they did have an app, Maybe. so it must be completely new. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. But please, please go on. So we're still on. So we're on Saturday now by now, right? Uh, Friday, okay. kind of, sort of, because okay. I went to I went to a few panels after that, and unfortunately, there were a few instances where, like, the panelist had a hard drive die two Ooh. weeks before the event, so their panel, I think, suffered just a little bit. She still covered a lot of really great information, um, but unfortunately, her panel kind of suffered. Um, and then, of course, I went to a building uh, your own gaming computer panel, and it seemed very insightful, but it almost covered a lot of the same information I could find with just a quick Google search and being a generation that I am having grown up with the internet. Like I know about cryptocurrency and how Ram oh. is being used to mine that and stuff. So like it kind of just covered the stuff that I already knew. I mean, so I was just kind of like, maybe it was the first time panelist in a, yeah, I know. Testing no, the waters with it and shit. No, uh, they were industry. That one of them had been building computers for over ten years, and one of them had been working in the purchasing side of that. So, okay. 
they were people you could ask really good questions to, which is why it was a positive. Yeah, but I, I can't go to a panel like that. I, I would probably make them shit their pants. I and so like I went and I was like, wow, I actually know a lot more than I thought I did. Like I thought I was a complete noob, like complete like computer stupid. Like I thought I was computer illiterate. I didn't know what I was going to be doing, and I actually was surprised to know that I'm kind of a computer nerd and know a little bit more than I thought I did. Yay! Um, but overall, the panels that I went to, it was kind of like that all weekend. Like I went and I didn't really learn anything new, but a lot of that too is because they're not catering to my market. They're not catering to a, a person who's been going to conventions, who's not really into the lewd scene. While I do respect and appreciate the lewd scene, I'm not into the 18 plus stuff myself. Um, I have a lot of friends who are into it, do work with it, you know, and all that stuff, but I'm just, that's just not my cup of tea. Right. Um, it, it just does not shine my bells. So I just did not have much to do after the time of like 2 p.m. Um, if there weren't panels that I wanted to go and see if they were good. Um, so on Friday, I basically, uh, my friend and I decided that we were going to go see Bohemian Rhapsody. And so that's what we did. So we went and saw the movie on Freddie Mercury and Queen. That's and it was good. lovely. I actually really enjoyed it, and I'm super picky about movies, but I would definitely recommend it if you are a Freddie Mercury fan um, or Queen fan. And um, just a warning, there is a little bit of psychedelicness and flashing lights, so if you do have reactions to that, um, just a heads up. Um, but yeah, I, I thought with all the reviews and stuff, I, I actually really enjoyed the film, and we went out for Fa, and Fa is always good soup times. Um, yeah, and then we went back to the house, and I got to play with her dog and go to sleep, um, because I'm old now, apparently, and the nice plus of that, though, is that because I went to sleep early every night, did not catch Con Plague. Hallelujah. Um, Saturday. Okay. So, Saturday started kind of early. I guess I left the house at about 9.30, so I got there at about 10 o'clock. And I, of course, had my panel soon. So, again, parking lot makeup. Woo! And uh, that's like a sailor. That's like a really, really off-shot Sailor Moon anime. I'm sorry. I had that image in my head. But, um, yeah, I went and did my panel. And that day was Resin 101. Resin 101 is one of my panels that kind of bleeds into um, multiple fandoms and multiple kind of things. So it definitely had a large, the largest attendance all weekend of my panels. I would say it was the largest. Um, mm -hmm. So that panel went well. I did get a few questions, but a lot of them were kind of like the FAQs I get at every resin panel I do. Um, and that one went fine. No technical issues or anything like that. And then after that, I went to the maid cafe and the line was long and we had a little bit of a wait because they opened at noon or something like that. Mm. And um, so now, now here's the thing about the maid cafe. I don't know if, you, if you're going to get to this, but mm -hmm. were you passing judgment on their maid cafe? I can't ever go into one and not pass judgment. Now, <laughs> now I do do it with a grain of salt because I do know that these girls work hard. I actually taught, we like the whole maid cafe community knows each other. Like it's weird to say this, but the maid cafe community is quite incestuous. Like we all grab from each other. We all 
pick and choose and, and, and participate in each other's cafes. So it's just a matter of like, who's running it? How is it being run? Like, does it meet the expectations I would have for a maid cafe in Japan? Because that's what, like, they push that. They push that in a lot of their promotional materials and a lot of their paraphernalia and a lot of their stuff. They are very much the, we replicate a Harajuku cafe and you should have the expectation of attending one of those when you come to our events. And they did a good job, but they there are always ways to improve. I would never say my maid cafe is perfect. I would I actually don't have one. So I can't say my maid cafe is perfect because um, I, I also don't run the Otakon one anymore. Um, so And that was never my cafe to begin with because obviously when you have your own thing, you kind of run it the way you want to run it. And I would run mine out of a tea house. So mm. blah. Um, but anyway, they, they were good. Um, but I have to give props to the hotel staffer that was actually serving us our food because he was best the honorary butler um, ever. Kenneth was awesome because he brought me the black sold fuel that I love so much that was definitely not on the menu. Coffee, friends. It was not on the menu, but he brought it for me. Wait, okay, wait, wait, so wait, I got wait, my wait, first wait, cup. Wait, stop, stop. Yeah, go ahead. May Cafe didn't have coffee? It didn't have it on the menu. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Their menu was mostly like the drinks they had were like boba tea and water. And then um, the like the food on the menu was kind of themed. But in general, the way the cafe worked, it was because they had rented out the cafe restaurant in the hotel. They kind of had to go with whatever their menu was. And I'm sure that they did tastings and I'm sure they kind of assigned whatever it was. Um, but they only had boba tea and. For those of you who drink boba tea on the reg, which I definitely do because I make it at home, unless you do it right, it doesn't have much caffeine at all. And most of the fruit flavors have no caffeine content. They're basically just pure sugar, tapioca sugar. Sorry to break it to you guys. It is not a diet tea. It is basically pure sugar. Um, so, yeah, we went in. I actually had started talking to my table mates in line. So it was kind of funny. We started joking and I got my coffee. I drank my first cup because... Lord knows I love coffee. Um, and we were joking back and forth about, because I was dressed up witchy that day. I was super witchy. I was like, oh, I need the Black Lord's fuel, uh, coffee, caffeine, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, he's going to bring you a whole pot for yourself. And I was like, no, he's going to bring me a carafe. And then a few minutes later, he comes to refill my cup, or so I think. And I go, oh, okay, here's my glass. And he's like, oh, no, honey, this is for you. And drops off the whole pot of coffee. <laughs> and I'm just like, bless you, sir. Bless you. You'd be drinking it out of a crazy straw, wouldn't you? <laughs> I I mean, I guess if the straw is strong enough for hot coffee. But yeah, uh, so right, shout out yeah, to Kenneth. Was... Kenneth, you're the real MVP. Um, you're the man That's now, how though. I got through my day. Let it cool for a couple minutes, it'll be all right. Yeah, uh, or make iced coffee or whatever. But yeah, so uh, I got through the maid cafe, and it was nice. Um, but basically, after our maid sat us down, they kind of give you the intro to like what a maid cafe experience should be. Like, hey, I made blah, 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 and this is what we are, and this is how we are supposed to be. And then they kind of wander off, like never to be seen again. And then, like, they expect you to either ring a bell vigorously, 
which is these tiny little like wedding bells you can get from like Oriental Trading or whatever. They were really cute little bells. Or you can go like, and you guys can't see this, but I'm like going to raise my hand like a cat paw to the sides of my head when I'm saying this. So it's like, nyan, nyan, made blah, blah, blah. Or nyan, nyan, made blah, blah, blah. And then they were supposed to come running to your table. Um, but they were kind of a pay-to-play maid cafe, which is not weird or outside of the maid cafe scene. But the pay-to-play form that I'm talking about is basically like you pay for pictures, you pay for games, you pay for most interactions with the maids that aren't just talking. Mm -hmm. But because they also don't stay at your table, you basically have no interaction with them unless you get their attention to do something. So I did ring the bell once. And I mean, I gave a nice tip after for food and stuff. Um, but I did ring the bell and ask them to bless my fellow table mates day since they had never been to a maid cafe. And I kind of wanted them to have a nicer experience than they were having. So I'm sorry if I broke any rules, but I just did want them to feel like they were more included because they were making comments like, it wasn't what they expected and things of that nature. And I know Lovely Heart was working super hard to try and make it a really, really good cafe. Um, but I think they just had too many people, like, tables-wise for the performers to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they did a great job for what they were given. And, and I hope they continue to work with NekoCon to make it better. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I was pleased, I think, for, like, 17 bucks, which was with the tacked on gratuity and stuff from the hotel and un unlimited coffee, basically, I, I wasn't upset. I got like a short rib quesadilla or something like that for my food. And it was pretty good. It was like, it was a good lunch. Like if you're at a con, you know, like you don't eat well, but you know, when you eat well, you feel it in your body. <laughs> and that was one of those kind of meals. Um, yeah. And then after the maid cafe, it was basically, I went and my friend decided that she wanted to go do karaoke because NekoCon's karaoke, it's kind of cool, but it's also kind of unfortunate. Um, mm. The way that they have you sign up for, they have a competition. So they have this big, like, um, NekoCon idol kind of thing where they have you sign up and then you go through and you can karaoke for a chance to perform at closing ceremonies or whatever. And But the problem is that a lot of that, they have signups and stuff online and they have a lot of other karaoke stuff going on, but a lot of it is... Uh, sign up, and maybe in two or three hours you get to sing one song. Yay! And I I like that, but at the same time, if I'm in a karaoke mood, I want to sing like two or three songs, which I know sounds kind of selfish, but it was nice because we found a remedy for this. My friend Christy found a cafe, a karaoke place that was like less than 20 minutes away that we got to go and sing uh, for three hours. And we got food and drinks and stuff. And it was like 24 bucks because we got happy hour prices. We got there right before happy hour ended and they were great. Like they were wonderful and great and awesome and gave us happy hour pricing. So I definitely did prefer that over uh, waiting two or three hours at an anime con to maybe get a chance to sing. I was definitely worried that I wasn't going to have a voice the next morning. Let me tell you. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, uh, I did hang out before I left for karaoke with some of my vendor friends and just chilled out with them because I like to chat with them and see how they're doing and check in on them because they're basically tied to their tables and are kind of like, people come buy my shit. Um, so I just would like to go and visit them and say, hey, how are you doing? 
Um, and then otherwise, basically, that was the end of my day. I went and did karaoke, got Cheesecake Factory, and then went to sleep. Um, and then Sunday came around, and I woke up and said bye to my friend. And I think I left at, like, 9.30, 10 o'clock, because my panel was at, like, 11. And I got in, and my panel for that day was actually my Fashion Shenanigans 101 laundering your cosplay, basically, or laundering your fashionable wares. Um, so I basically was teaching cosplayers how to do laundry, which is super fun, actually. I would say for being one of my lesser attended panels, it was actually the most engaged. Like, they were the ones with the the better questions, the more challenging questions. And they, I mean, there were a few questions that kept me on my toes. So that was kind of cool, and that was engaging, and a lot of them were super lovely. And and um, definitely, if you guys are listening, um, you know, shout out on social media or whatever. Um Yeah, no, it was super fun, and I got to teach people how to do laundry and keep their costumes looking all primped and proper and lovely, so that was super fun. Um, It's actually one of my more popular panels. Um, KatsuCon, I'll be doing that same panel, so if you missed it at NekoCon and you'll be at KatsuCon, definitely look out for fashion shenanigans. Um, Yeah, and then the rest of the day, there were a few cool things they were doing. They had this thing called Shokugeki, so they were doing kind of a Food Wars battle style, but they had it limited by um, the Culinary Institute of Virginia. Uh, they had them, like their students, participating for like a $6,000 school scholarship Ooh. and uh, like a chance for some other cool stuff. So I thought that was really, really neat, and if you want to see like a live food thing i think they're they do it a a few years or they've been doing it for a few years so if you want to check out something like that i mean it's not super exciting to watch because it's going on live but if you like to watch the progression of a competition it's definitely really cool to see what the university does and and how the institute like the students work and and what they have to learn and go through that was kind of cool to find out um I'm trying to think of other things. I mean, I went to the vendors hall as you always do on a Sunday. Um, other things I liked throughout the weekend, I guess, were the cosplay thing. I know my friend Dizzy Lizzie was one of the judges for hall costumes. So I definitely like when I was chilling out with her in the vendors hall, she was like, oh, you know, like we really would love to see more cosplayers because the cosplay scene at NecoCon's pretty good. Yeah. While it's not Katsucon or and it's not like AUSA where people go to take photos of their work most of it um it's still a good convention for cosplaying and having groups and photo shoots and stuff like that there were lots of shoots um that were mostly fan run throughout the weekend the competitions are pretty cool um and i was able to help like point out a few cosplayers and go you should come like i i went and actually physically asked them and handed out a card or two to some cosplayers and be like, you should go to hall cosplay and, you know, enter the competition because you look really great. So that was a really fun feeling and a really nice feeling to be able to go out and see new cosplayers that are like, oh, I made this myself and I'm so proud because you could just see them. They were like little cockatiel birds. Their feathers were so exciting and they were just so happy that somebody had noticed them. So that was really nice. My little cosplay senpai heart was was uh, healed a little bit. Um, But other than that, I pretty much wrapped up my day and then I left at about 2.30 because the ride home was going to be crazy. Um, I I know that feel. At least least you don't have a a U-Haul attached to the back of your car. 
Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't with all the crap I had in my car for the weekend. I definitely looked like a car hobo um, living out of my car. Um, Yeah, and then it was like a four-hour drive home when it's normally two and a half. So that was fun. Mm. Um, Yeah, that was pretty much my weekend at NecoCon. If anybody else has more questions or anything like that, you can hit me up on my social media, ask me questions there. But yeah, NecoCon is one of those conventions where it's, it's kind of consistent and it hasn't really grown in the last two years. I've talked to a few attendees at the convention over the weekend and they were like, yeah, it's really about the same it was two years ago when I last went. And and the attendance really hasn't spiked or anything like that. I think it's one because they're in a really good place for where they are and the amount of attendees they are. But also the negative is that they're right after or right around the same time as Anime USA and AWA and Yomacon and a few other conventions that kind of spread out um, their fan base, their target market. So I feel like that hurts them a little bit. Um, And then next year also, AWA um, and... uh, AUSA, AWA, NecoCon, and a few, like, at least five to seven conventions are going to all be on the same weekend next year. Like, it's already, everybody already kind of knows. But I know I personally, if I'm going to go to a convention next year, it's going to be NecoCon. Because even though it's not, like, my home area convention for this time of year, it's definitely a much more comfortable, a much more welcoming, and a much more... uh, organized convention um to me than others but a lot of that is because i've just seen a lot of other things going on in the area and it always it hasn't been the complete positive but i'm hoping that necocon stays kind of consistent if it grows that's fine the space has the room for it um but at the same time it's one of those conventions where i know it's going to be pretty consistent in quality and they treat their panelists nice so i'm definitely happy to do more programming if they'll have me so yeah that's pretty much my wrap for necocon did, did you at least check out the masquerade or did you say yeah no i'm out of here um unfortunately i left too early for the masquerade but a lot of that too again was because i i wanted to spend a lot more time with my friend christy this time because two years ago i spent a lot more time at the convention and while i do enjoy the convention it's a lot more fun when you're around friends so when you're just solo schlepping it or whatever it's not as fun um i'm sure that i could get some info on the masquerade from my friend lizzie or from any of my other friends who might have been judging or participating in the masquerade but overall i did not participate in the cosplay um aspect of the convention very much unless i was pointing out cosplayers to come and join the hall costume contest so that yeah all right so i think that was really good okay um uh, if you do this, if you do go next year, I might just tag along. At least I will book a room in the ho- in the convention hotel. Because the last time I went, we did that, and the guy we were working for said, "No, that's too expensive. We got a Ramada. We check into the Ramada. The Ramada is about is slightly bigger than my apartment, and it was like a block from the convention, and it smelled like either somebody died in there or they filmed one too many porn flicks in there. Mm, that compl- sounds savory yeah, and, and compla- wholesome. And, and we're complaining about Wonderful. it. We're complaining about it. And he goes, you're welcome. Like, he was expecting a thank you. I was like, motherfucker. I mean, the was he expecting, was he's like, like, 
like did this room like smell worse before that? I don't know. The Embassy Suites is a pretty nice hotel, and I'm sure if you really wanted to book it super cheap, there are ways to do that. Of course. I just, I have family and I have friends that I don't get to see very often down there, Mm -hmm. and she's only, like, less than half an hour away from a convention, which to me, since the parking's free and I get to see my friend, that's kind of super awesome for me. So those two pricings are pretty prime for a traveling panelist, um, especially when I'm still paying for food and gas and everything. So I definitely say if you want to check it out and come on down, I I definitely do recommend it. NecoCon is one of those conventions where you will be able to stop a cosplayer and actually get their photo because they're not going to be rushing you know, around a whole giant football field of a convention center. I can um, just see it now. Uh, Ichigo Gummy's traveling panels and work sh- and workshop show. <laughs> Have con will travel. I'm like a Cirque. Oh my God. Okay. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fun, like it's a fun convention and I definitely may go visit family uh, next year, but yeah, no, it's, it's a nice convention. And if you do want to check out the Virginia beach area, because they not only have the convention going on, but this year they also had the Virginia living museum there with owls and shit. So mm-hmm. like you could see birds of prey. Okay. At the convention. And they also have the zoo in the Virginia Beach area, as well as the experiences that I did, which was going to see a movie or going to uh, a karaoke bar that is cosplay friendly, apparently, which was kind of cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. And the general area is pretty nice if you want to do shopping that isn't at a convention. Um, overall, positive experience. 10 out of 10 would go again. Woot. Whoop whoop. Now let, let's keep that let's keep that positivity going. And Mako Chan tells us about the, the Thanksgiving Day parade where they threw us anime fans another bone. Uh yeah. Um sorry, I have to load it. No problem. <clears throat> so yeah, um I'm pretty damn sure that most people have heard about this. But uh the 92nd Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City is going to have one of its first, um, I'll say, more adult anime balloons. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are making a blue Goku. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I don't have I, I know I have the Dragon Ball Super theme somewhere here, but I like old school stuff. Yeah, this one's much better. Yeah, yeah so um they're saying that it's going to be fifty six feet tall. Won't they have enough food for Goku now? Yeah. So it's basically um capturing the look from the upcoming uh, Dragon Ball Super Broly film. Mm-hmm. And they have some video of uh, the ambassadors, basically the people that will be controlling the balloon, um, doing a test flight. So Goku is flying a little bit low, but again, that's just for testing reasons. And as long as the uh, weather holds out... He will be flying high through New York City. 
That would be pretty freaking cool. I yeah, think. I'm kind of excited because while Pikachu has been a staple of the parade, um, as I said, this is one of the more adult-oriented characters. Uh, not that Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super is a quote-unquote adult, but it's not Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pe- people probably think Pikachu think like Pokemon the games. More, more than they think of the anime, I guess. Makes you wonder how long before we get a Sailor Moon uh, float. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, the entire collective fandom would just fall on its head if that happened. It arguing over happen. which, uh, arguing <laughs> over which senshi would be the would deserve to be made a balloon first. It would definitely be Sailor Moon if they were going to make a senshi into a balloon. But considering they can't even come out with the next season of Sailor Moon Crystal, they ain't coming out with a balloon. I can't wait for the next season of Sailor Moon. Don't hold your breath, kid. (laughs) (coughs) Hey, whatever. Oh, I was going to say, hey, whatever happened to that kid who was holding his breath for the next Crystal? (laughs) Probably dead. I don't know. Yeah, no. Anywho, um... But, um, I will say it won't surprise me if they have either some, uh, toy actors or maybe Funimation actors, um, to kind of promote this as well. So whether they will just be walking or whether they will be the ones that are actually controlling the balloon, I would not be surprised. Mm. Because they do have a tendency to get either the actors, the voice actors, or studio staff, or what have you, to help out and kind of, you know, do some of this stuff. Maybe they start interviewing Sean Schemmel, and then Chris Sabat comes through, and, they, and it says that we get Goku and Vegeta just cutting promos on one another. <laughs> oh, good lord. And then Master Roshi runs up like, tell them to take it in the ring. Anywho, um, another anime we've kind of talked about here and there is Backstreet Girls. And the title alone and the premise has kind of ruffled some feathers. But it's gotten very popular in Japan. Popular enough to where there will be a theatrical film called... Backstreet Girls Goku Dolls, which translates to Backstreet Girls Yakuza Idols. And it comes out in Japan on February 8th. And this is coming from Toei, which doesn't surprise me at all. The film will star Jin Shirasu, Reya Masaki, Masato Hanazawa, Natsumi Okamoto, Ruku, no, Ruka Masuda, Akane Sakanoe, Tetsuya Sugaya, Nana Asakawa, Hitoshi Ozawa, Dori Sakurada, Ren Osugi, and Koichi Iwaki. Uh, Kodansha put the comic out uh, digitally start as of August 14th in English, and the basic premise is tough gangland retribution takes a disturbingly bright, shiny turn, and it's insanely guilty pleasure about three Yakuza's who, as repayment for their failures, must undergo major surgery and become a hot female idol trio. So what happens when they become the next big pop sensation? Interesting. The manga 
was launched in Kodachi's weekly Young Magazine back in March 2015, and it ended uh, on September 15th. Kodachi published the manga's 11th compiled volume back on June 6th. The manga itself has more than 450,000 copies in print. It has inspired an anime series that started on July 3rd, and it's still going. I might have to actually get around to watching this, because this is... I'm just like, this is this has got to be interesting. This has got to be something. This is the idol anime that, like, it's very different from other idol anime. It's like an idol yeah. anime that I would wa- probably watch. You should watch it. Let us know how it is. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Awesome. It's on my list to watch as well. And speaking of old school stuff, hey, Ichigo, Lotus Wars, Lotus Wars, Lotus Wars. I know. I'm so excited about it. So what we're going to talk about today for Lotus Wars, because friggin' love them, is that a workshop or, or the new work is going to ship on April 1st. And I believe that's going to be next year. Um, it's going to be a presentation at well like it was uh revealed at a katakawa sneaker bunko 30th anniversary festival that a new work for the lotus war the record of the lotus war would be released on uh, april 1st the original writer roy mizuno is writing a completely new work and hidari sasam misan at gambaranai the atelier series is providing illustration the work titled Lotus to Senki Seyaku no Hokan, or Record of the Lotus War, The Pledged Diadem, will take place on Lotus Island 100 years after the time period in which Parn and Spark lived. And the official website for the franchise previously posted visuals with Hadari's illustration of character Didlet, or Didlet, and the text read, So we met, meet again, Deed. Record of the Lotus War began as a series of magazine articles that recounted the pencil and paper role-playing game sessions of players who called themselves Group SNE, and those fantasy adventures evolved into a series of novels by Mizuno that now have over more than 10 million copies in print. Mizuno published the Record of the Lotus War, the Grey Witch novel, with illustrations by Yutaka Izubuchi in 1988, uh, and Seven Seas Entertainment released the novel in English on December 19th. Mizuno's Record of the Lotus War and stories inspired the 1990 Record of the Lotus War video anime series and the 1998 Record of the Lotus War Chronicles of the Heroic Knight television anime sequel. Funimation released both anime on DVD and Blu-ray discs last July, and Central Park Media previously licensed and released both fantasy titles in North America. Um, this is a series that I grew up with, and I really enjoyed probably what led me down the D&D dark road. But yeah, I'm really excited for this. So I'm excited to see what happens. Woohoo. Let's see. Let's see. <coughs> All right. Pardon me. Well, good thing you cleared your throat because <clears throat> last one's all you, my friend. Oh, boy. And I'm kind of surprised by this, but at the same time, I'm not. Japan's first Bowser convention is a <clears throat> bust. Should I break out sad trombone? A rim shot would have also been nice, but uh, <laughs> over to 
past month, the fan-created Bowsette, a mishmash of Nintendo's Bowser and Princess Peach, has dominated gaming subculture on social media. Characters spawn fan art, cosplay, and unfortunately for Nintendo, a decent amount of porn as well. Bowsette also gains a large following in Japan, so much that quickly. And quickly as a month, a fan took it upon himself to create the first ever Bowsette convention in Tokyo. Uh, called Project Crown, websites like Kotaku, Sora News 24, and many others were quick to jump on the story. They were so quick that they didn't bother to actually investigate or share with their readers the event was primarily run for Otoko Noko, men who cross-dress as women. They also failed to report on just how small the fan-run event would actually be. While true it was being held at the Kawasaki Municipal Industrial Promotion Hall, it probably would have been nice for foreigners interested in going to know the conference hall is just one small room. While planning the story, we were... The uh, article was originally going to be a two-man team, make a video, record interviews, the whole shebang. <clears throat> After all, Brian Ashcroft to cut, to cut, Kotaku did say, this event's going to be popular, just a guess. But, uh, you know, the, the guy went on his own to make a short-form article about the convention with low expectations. I'm expecting to see mostly Oto Konoko. Yeah. Oda Konoko cosplayers, but even he was let down. A group of foreigners walking out with male kind of expressions. There are five tables and about ten cosplayers all together. All of whom were male crossdressers. Only two of them were actually Bowsette. So yeah, even Sora News has slow day, apparently. There's ten people in there, and he was expecting at least a hundred. <clears throat> Let's see. When he was waiting for the cosplay contest to begin... He met up with a freelancer who was also covering an event. He, too, was surprised by just how little the convention had to offer and how overhyped it was in the West. Despite the low turnout and disappointment expressed by foreigners, the event organizers can't really be blamed. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on VogNetwork.com, use the passphrase, television. They never expected the small DIY convention to pick up some to be picked up by so many Western websites, nor did they expect those same websites to overhype the event or portray it as something that's, that's not in order to turn out another quote-unquote wacky Japan story. Mm. <clears throat> All they wanted to do was have fun and dress up with their friends, and, well, that's what they got to do. Well, good for them. Again, it was way too soon for them to have something like this, you know, but... Still not the worst, you know, the biggest... Small con- small convention disaster we've seen. Yeah, sounds like it had better results than um, Springfest. I was also going to say DashCon, but there's that as well. <laughs> $17,000 later. <laughs> Anywho, we're now at the part of the show that everybody enjoys. The Probably the main reason why I listen to this show. Strange news from Japan. Let's see what we got here. Hmm. As one says when they opt out, nose goes. <laughs> I'll take the second one. Literally. I'll take the last one, I guess. Have at it, Ichigo. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say rock, paper, scissors for it, Mako. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I guess I'll get us started off with a Halloween event that turned ugly. Shibuya Halloween event turns ugly with a toppled truck, perverts, and upskirt photography. Five arrests made a celebration attended by young people and foreigners a very bad time. Every year, the area around Shibuya Scramble Crossing in Tokyo turns into a massive street party on the weekend closest to Halloween, with crowds of revelers dressed in costume coming together to celebrate the annual occasion. The unofficial outdoor event gets bigger and rowdier every time it's held, and this year, Shibuya's ward, Shibuya's ward mayor, Ken Hasebe, urged nearby stores to voluntarily suspend sales of alcoholic beverages in glass containers during the event, and asked revelers to behave themselves and head home on the last train of the night. Unfortunately, or obviously, it appears that Hasebe's words fell on deaf ears on the weekend as crowds descended upon Shibuya for thus this Halloween's festivities. Local police received a number of reports of unruly behavior on Saturday night, which included a toppled truck, groping, and upskirt photography. Such as men brazenly photographing the thighs of women in short skirts. Like laying on the ground and doing this. How gross. The street party brought out the worst in some people, who saw the night as a chance to misbehave and cause chaos in the crowd. After receiving reports of injuries, upskirt photography, and women's breasts being groped, police made five arrests during the evening related to groping, voyeurism, and assault. There were ambulance and police on the scene as well. One of the most alarming incidents of the night was a report of vehicle damage after a group of rowdy revelers climbed on climbed onto the truck, the back of a K truck that had made its way into the crowd. After the people had climbed into the vehicle, others around them decided to topple the truck over, and the incident occurred approximately at 1 a.m. on the 28th of October, basically treating this truck like a toy. Um, for those of you that don't know, a lot of cars in Japan are actually, they ha are smaller, or they look smaller, and are definitely, they feel much smaller than American cars. So this being tipped, it's kind of terrifying but also comical. Um, local media reports cited the unofficial street party celebration at Shibuya as, Shibuya as an event attended by young people and foreigners, and foreigners can clearly be seen both helping to topple the vehicle and trying to stop it, while another chose to climb it on it afterwards. Good job, tourists. Gotta love assholes. Anyway, according to eyewitness accounts, the driver had escaped from the truck after it became difficult to drive through the crowd, and the owner has now filed a damage report with local police after the truck's windows were smashed and the roof was dented as a result of the incident. Yeah. Oof. I'm just glad that he got out and he's okay. That has got to be pretty damn terrifying, though. Police arrived on the scene to remove the vehicle shortly after the truck was toppled, and thankfully there were no injuries, and the Tokyo Metropolitan Police are now investigating the incident. The close proximity between the crowd and vehicles continued throughout the evening as drivers drove their modified cars through the streets. Impromptu dance parties broke out around the area as revelers gathered around the brightly lit vehicles. Up, There are a few pictures where um, there's different revelers and stuff like that. 
Um, there is also a karaoke room where someone is mooning the crowd. So that's very uh, responsible. Some members of the crowd even got close to police vehicles, causing angry confrontations. And the video in there shows basically Japanese officers retreating to their cars because the abuse being hurled at them and the amount of crowds and stuff. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. Uh, the incidents at Shibuya made news headlines around Japan, with many expressing anger at the appalling behavior on display. And some likened it to a post-apocalyptic world seen in the anime Fist of the North Star, oh, while others appealed for the event to be stopped before more serious incidents occur. Many were sympathetic to the members of the police force, who were out in huge numbers on the night, watching over the crowd from their DJ boxes while attending to the needs of the public. Uh, last week before the event was held, Mara Hasebe told reporters if an appeal to people's manners and morals do not lead to improvements, we'll have to start considering formal legal and regulations and restrictions. I hope that people will remember to be polite as they enjoy Halloween in Shibuya so we can continue to have celebrations as a new part of our local culture. Given the unruly behavior witnessed on that weekend, it will be interesting seeing if officials will decide to place regulations and restrictions on events in the future. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't allow it at all. And this is definitely one of those things where I go, oh gosh, tourists, why are you doing this so bad? One guy, you know, causing havoc was dressed as Ash from Pokemon. I noticed him, I noticed him pop up a couple times in his pictures. I'm just, I, yeah, I just, this is why the culture dies. This is why people hate tourists. This is why people don't think people respect things. Um, I mean, I know that some of, a lot of it is probably locals or people who traveled in from outside of the city to party and stuff. But at the same time, like, why you gotta ruin it for everybody else who wants to behave themselves and just enjoy being drunk on the street? Like, yeah. what's, what's wrong with you? Yeah, you tell him, if you go, you tell him. I don't know why that person came out of me, but that just, oh, it makes me so upset. All right. <laughs> All right, m moving on. Uh, let, let's talk about something that's very turtable around here. You mean it's shitty, Ranma. Just be straight with us. Oh, poo. God damn it. <laughs> 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 Ari, you'll be okay. I will, I'll try not to dump on this article too badly. But, um... <laughs> A high school boy in Kobe shows his love for an older woman by spreading his poo on her bicycle. I've heard of marking your territory, but... Damn. Ah. <sighs> As it goes, and it, just as an important reminder to always heed the old advice, when you want to tell her how you really feel, don't, for the love of God, tell her with poo. That should be common sense right there. But as our world descends into such sordid cynicism that even Hello Kitty isn't above calling her fans a bunch of motherfuckers, which I don't blame her for. <laughs> We haven't lost capacity to fall in love at first sight, which would happen to a 17-year-old boy in Kobe late last July during his final summer vacation before graduation. 
But the thing is, there are guys who are too shy to express their feelings. So instead of like telling, he decided to write, which is a good thing. You know, he left a letter in the mailbox. We don't know if he left the letter in the mailbox or in the bicycle basket of, of the woman of his dreams. But we know that he declared, I fell in love with you at first sight, which is a touching thing. He even wrote in there asking her to meet him by the bike rack outside the apartment building. But as he was trying to write this, he wasn't able to kind of keep it sweet because he kind of did a 180 because he threw an ultimatum in there saying, if you do not come, I will post video videos of you in the bath on Twitter. Wow. This turned out to be an offer for the woman who is 20 years older than him and lives in the same neighborhood of the Higashinata ward as the boy and did and refused. Yeah. When, Can't imagine why. Yeah. When he realized his love letter was not going to work, he switched tactics and instead of trying to woo the woman with expensive store-bought gifts, he gave the gift of himself. What he ended up doing between July 30th and August 9th, at least three times, spread his bodily waste on the seat of her bicycle while it was parked at night. Because he knew three it was times. Hers. Yes. Ew. Yes. The woman had already gone to the cops after receiving the letter, and investigators say they were able to identify the boy as the perpetrator from the security camera footage. On October 30th, he was placed under arrest and being charged with violations of anti-stalking and intimidation laws. This makes him the second Hyogo Prefecture teen arrested for reading for writing reading-related crimes on that very same day. Wow. Okay, three times. Three times with camera evidence. For the record, he does not remember him. He doesn't remember doing that. Three times with camera evidence. That he does not remember. He has no recollection of committing these acts he's accused of and has one and one has to wonder if his protests of innocence are more motivated by the desire to escape criminal criminal punishment or he thinks he might have a shot with this woman. Nah, dude. He won't after this. Nah, you, you shit the bed on this one, dude. But um, <laughs> you feel proud of yourself for that one? Mm, maybe. Nah, that was a kind of shitty joke. Sorry. <laughs> well, it was my number two joke, so. Well, let's not waste too much more time on this. Let's go to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's starting to smell up in here. God damn it. <laughs> I'd the like taste... to go to sleep at a reasonable time, people. Let's get off the shit. Thank you. <laughs> You're not helping. <clears throat> okay. Uh, the taste of a liar. Japanese teacher rested for licking a student's ear. The teacher declared he could tell students were lying if he licked their ears, just like a character from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, Teruki Surya, a 32-year-old teacher, had a peculiar method to deal with teenage duplicity. Working at the Shinsei Cram School in Tarakazuka, in Hyoga, in Hyogo, sorry, he allegedly told a male student that I could check your line by licking your ear. He then held the 14-year-old student by both shoulders and licked the boy's right ear. 
According to reports submitted by both the student and his mother early September, this incident took place around 4.50 p.m. on August 14th in the break between classes. Sura was arrested on November 1st by Tarakazuka police officers and gave this puzzling statement. It's true that I liked him, but I did say it was... But I did it as a way of guiding him along the right path. And this isn't the first case of face looking in Hyogo this year. People were quick to point out that the only people who benefit from saliva-based guidance ew, are the stylish, flexing characters in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. As a, there's a famous scene where Bruno Bukatari, Bukarati, that's protagonist Giorno Giovanni's claim that he didn't meet with another character. And as the teacher already conceded to actually look into student question, it's a little surprise it culminated in his arrest. While many were amused by the obvious JoJo reference in the teacher's peculiar stunt, others were concerned about welfare of the student. It's bad enough having to spend hours at a cram school with your otaku teacher sticking her tongue in your face. Mm. Like, this is a taste of a lie. This is a taste of a bitch who's going to get his tongue ripped out of his fucking mouth if you try that again. Seriously, who fucking does this? Teacher rips off his face, revealing it was a mask. It was me, Dio! Like, what? The worst wet willy one could ever get. <sighs> God damn it, Japan. Well, what did you expect, really? All I know is I have been watching CNN and I'm watching the House and the Senate go back and forth like a fucking tug of war. It's like, it's red. You go back 15 minutes, it's blue. You go back another 15 minutes, it's red. You go back another 15 minutes, it's blue. You go back again, it's purple. Hmm. Anywho... Enough about this. This is not a podcast about politics. This is a podcast about anime and cosplay that has some real fucked up politics. Enough for us to troll on a semi-regular basis. And on that note, we're going to take our last break and wrap up the show. So, we'll be back.
Well, that brings this episode to an amazingly close. I think the volumes were slightly off because I turned down my headphones just a scotch. I'm like, uh, whatever. I'm checking on the end results. It's not that bad. So, if you like what you show, what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn tell another friend, so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers. We're independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So, what we tell you what we like and don't like about what's going on, we're telling you straight up. So, that's how we roll here on Anime Jam Session. So, if you have any questions, ideas, thoughts, suggestions, or whatever, we want to hear from you. Drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to know what's up. We're here to believe you. Check out our website at animejamsession.com where you, you notice the navigation has been kind of more streamlined. So it makes it a little bit easier to check out some of the stuff on our site. Yes, you can still find our podcast. Uh, links to our YouTube videos. Direct link to our cosplay photos. Our anime reviews, convention reports, so much more. So definitely check them out at animejamsession.com. Plus, we got a little more coming through the works, so definitely check that out. Mm. Uh, don't forget to find our site on iTunes, Stitcher, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Player FM, and other podcasting sites you can find Anime Jam Session. So definitely check them out. If you go to those sites, it makes it easy for you to subscribe and listen on your media player. And these sites have the option of giving a five-star review. So if you can, drop us a note. Tell us what you think. That's how we do, because we can't get better unless you tell us what you like and don't like. We want to make sure everybody enjoys the show. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, youtube.com slash anime jam session, twitter.com slash anime jam session, and facebook.com slash anime jam session. Thank you so much. We could not do this show without your love and support. And don't forget, we're back here on the VOG Network twice a week, live uh, Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m., and Uncle Presentations Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. So we're going around the room. Last words. Mako-chan. I'm very, very tired. Last words. Ichigo. I'm going to go to work. Good night, y'all. <laughs> Ari's last words is, I'm asleep now. My last words, Um, I should kind of clean up the background behind where I'm podcasting because... That's where the camera's going to be showing. That's it. End of list. We are getting out of here. So, I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo. Sorry. Ari's in there. He's saying goodnight. (laughs) All right. I guess that's it. So, great fight. Great night. See you next week. Night. Jamatene. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Good night, Maka-chan. Don't kill your voice doing that. Can't help it. I know you can't help it. <laughs> Glutton for punishment. <laughs> Good night, y'all. Good night. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and vognetwork.com for more information about us and other programming.